Hello everyone. Welcome to Policy Talks. I'm Dr. Arushi Jain, the Policy Director of the Bharti Institute of Public Policy at the Indian School of Business. And I have with me a very eminent guest today and a dear friend. Welcome Swati to this show. Always a pleasure. Thank you. We have Swati Chaudhary, the Director Networks and Development at the Women's World Banking. Swati has been involved with the financial sector for almost two decades now. Swati started her career with the NGOs. She moved to the financial space and now she is once again back in the financial inclusion space where she is working very closely with the women of the country. So Swati, a very interesting career and uh, you know, we have been seeing the kind of work uh, you and many other financial inclusion institutions are doing today. I do understand that there is a lot of role of financial inclusion institutions, you know, working with the state governments, working with, uh, you know, the policy makers. Can you please elaborate the scope of work that your organization and the similar organizations are doing in India? Um, thank you, Arushi. I think uh, that's a fairly uh, long question. <laughs> but uh, overall, the way I would see it, I mean, what does financial inclusion mean for the woman? So overall, if we see financial inclusion at the end of the day, it's a means to an end. It, what we're looking for is how do you equip our women with tools of economic empowerment? And there, uh, as you rightly pointed out, there's a role for the civil society to play. There is a huge role for the government and the policymakers to play. And equally, uh, the, the role uh, is there for all financial service providers. So it's actually one of those uh, happy coincidences where uh, the, sum, uh, the sum of all is, uh, how do you say it, it's greater than its parts. So while the financial service providers play a pivotal role of actually reaching out and providing access, uh, the government has helped lay down this very robust uh, infrastructure, which is your, which is the Jam Trinity, and continues to uh, and uh, to really roll out a, a universal banking program, and help galvanize a lot of action, uh, which is now we, we see the results of that uh, today. Uh, if we see overall, if we look at India versus the rest of the world, we clearly see how women, the access issue. Because we are such a large population, even a uh, 85 or 89 percent, we'll still have a, uh, have significant numbers left behind, but which we are working to reach. But overall, the the gender gap in access has has uh, reduced to almost minimum. So what we are now concentrating on is the usage of financial services, and there uh, again, you require a concentrated sectoral approach to be able to do that. Sure. And I remember those, um, you know, couple of uh, years ago, in fact, decades, uh, when the BC model had started and, you know, there was a huge lot of discussions that were going on and a lot of experiments that were done. Uh, now we have moved a lot more digital, you know, with a COVID, uh, you know, coming in, we could understand the importance of, uh, you know, the UPI and all the all the systems, I think you spoke about the Jam Trinity, all the systems that have been developed digitally. Uh, you know, it's so impressive uh, to go and see the rural belts where, uh, you know, you can just scan and pay anything. And that's, that's working throughout the country. 
How have you seen the difference uh, over the two decades you have been working in the sector? Firstly, the uh, I mean, as you mentioned, the Jam Trinity. It's uh, I remember when we start, started to open accounts at that point of time, the regulation in the country, when we looked at the microfinance sector, they were all non-deposit taking. That essentially meant that uh, the, the deposits could only be at, at bank branches. The private sector bank branches were not as widely available in the rural areas. And uh, uh, actual access uh, for, for, on, on the deposit taking was only done by public sector. You know, I mean, obviously, they, they continue to play a large, crucial role there. But with the Aadhaar coming in, this, this swiftness of opening an account and it being counted as full KYC, that itself is huge. There is nothing called reduced KYC anymore. Uh, so uh, that itself was a huge leap in terms of the ease of opening an account. And I've seen how much what the earlier struggle was. So uh, starting from there to um, the, the way the access has grown. And it's always heartening to see the way Findex uh, charts are drawn because it's with India and without India because we skew everything. And uh, the other uh, digital technologies, I mean, all of them are playing a part. Having said that, yes, uh, on the usage piece, there is a lot to be done. Uh, if I talk about the women specifically, women are, um, uh, as adopters, they have a lot of questions, but they have a very steep adoption curve. So if they're satisfied, they would be very loyal customers to you. So I think we need to make that effort. And um, you know, uh, they, we've, we've seen a lot of facilitators and trusted channels like the BC Sakis, some of the BCs that have helped people on board. We require more, more effort, more, uh, I would say, collaborative effort in that area and relevant communication. So I would say compelling proposition, a trusted channel and relevant communication, when they work together, we will see a great, great amount of adoption. That reminds me of uh, the availability of data. You know, when we were putting up the financial inclusion data on the India Data Portal, a project that we have, you know, we are now working with the financial inclusion partners uh, in the ecosystem to actually develop, you know, the portal with the kind of data that they require. You know, we find that uh, finding a proper uh, gender segregated data has been a challenge with the with the with the network there do you think that's right and uh... so i um, i mean I, i'm i'm really happy that uh, you brought it up especially because as you are the building the the data portal this is uh, it'll be great where that you're thinking about all these things because that then leads to the kind of data which will be available on the portal so if i look at gender disaggregated data the first piece is a that it is being collected. Uh, it, it, today, uh, gender as a variable is being collected every time we access services. But it's not available in the public domain. And if I just step back a little bit, it's about do we recognize women as a customer segment? So when we look at the data, we look at uh, MSME. So for example, a bank will not club all kinds of businesses together, right? They would look at smaller businesses, they would look at mid-corporates, they would look at corporates, and based on their needs, would tailor programs. And that's why you have a greater adoption there. Similarly, we need to first recognize women as a customer segment. And uh, we have very few financial institutions that do so, but the ones, once they do, they're able to reap the huge benefit that comes from that. So in terms of gender disaggregate data, I, I, the, the two points are one, it needs to be made organizations need to start putting it out in the public domain one from 
looking at the data to look at the needs of the customer segment, as well as seeing that the, the huge opportunity that that brings in. So, uh, for example, there was um, uh, one financial service provider that we were working with, me, with us when they saw that their women loan customers actually had a customer lifetime value of 30% more. It's something that they had, though they, I mean, they worked with data day in and day out, but had not really looked at it from that angle. And when I spoke to them, if that opportunity was obvious to all financial service provider, the answer was very a very candid no, saying, let's speak about it together. Let's speak about this to more partners so that this opportunity becomes more well-known and it becomes like a more established practice to look at data. Right, right. Uh, from data, I'm taking you to the policy side of it. Because, you know, right now also, if you, um, you know, if you look at our country, uh, there are a lot of uh, people overall and women specifically who need to be digitally literate in order to actually get into the financial inclusion net. What do you think the policy makers today need to focus on uh, to bridge this gap? Actually, this is a huge, uh, uh, very <laughs> challenging thing. But yeah, maybe from your point of view. So I would think? say there are two, three aspects to it. One is in terms of uh, overall skilling. So government has this uh, one Gram Panchayat, one BC Sakhi program. And uh, uh, BC Sakhis, uh, if we equip them in a manner that they can digitally include more women, this is a very trusted channel. And you imagine with the might of all the, the, the entire National Rural Livelihood Mission, and all the state rural livelihood missions, this can become a reality. And all of them can become digital enablers. So first is in terms of skilling of it. The, the second piece is a little bit more difficult. It's about um, when we, we always talk about digital and financial capability building from the women, saying that, you know, just if the women changed, uh, they would be able to get all the benefits. I would like to just flip it a little bit and say, you know, women today represent a huge opportunity. They have proven that. Our study basically showed that if you engaged Jandhan women, it would lead to 25,000 crores uh, of deposits, which is a significant opportunity. So let's make the technology work for women and uh, let's uh, reap together, reap the um, both the, the societal as well as the economic gains that that brings. Right. And if I talk about, so from the policy side, but from the other side, if I look at uh, the, the other stakeholders, the banking institutions, the non-banking financial institutions, uh, there are many other, uh, you know, institutions that work very closely with the social sector, including the non-for-profits or even the donor organizations to talk about. Uh, how do you think they can create a collaborative ecosystem? And have you seen recently some kind of these collaborations coming up? Uh, so I feel that when we um, look at the entire sectoral change, I would say uh, it's, it's, they say it's called um, the gradual release of responsibilities. It's called uh, I do, so I'm going to do it and show it. So it's a proof of concept. Then it's we do, let's do it together and let's build capacity and then it's you do. Because at the end of the day, if we really have to make the needle move, we need to have uh, more organizations who are involved. So exactly as how you put it, I would say if you looked at uh, Jandhan, for example, that the entire rails that it was built on, if you look at the regional rural banks or the public sector banks, the entire banking system, how it they went on and opened all these accounts. And mind you, all these accounts are on their 
the regular systems, they have not parked these accounts or discriminated against them. So uh, this entire movement together and now the realization about what can we do more so that we are able to engage this customer base more. So we have uh, donor organizations coming in who are putting in the philanthropic capital so that we are able to uh, build evidence in this area, to create capacity in that area. You have very willing financial service providers who are coming forward and uh, partnering on that and, uh, and uh, the civil society organizations who are on the ground building capacity. So I, I would say that this entire piece of how we've seen it uh, uh, built is, is an example on itself. Uh, and it's uh, a lot more of that is required because now we have to now concentrate uh, on the usage. So the only thing that I would uh, like the, to leave with all the stakeholders is nothing called gender neutrality. So uh, if you women have more barriers, once you design for them, you'll, it'll work for the entire customer base. So, so let's be gender intentional. <laughs> oh, okay. So here uh, comes the Women's World Banking uh, uh, say. So yeah, thank you so much, Swati. Such wonderful insights on a very imperative, you know, policy aspect. Financial inclusion is something that everyone is talking about today. There is a lot that's being done as we have just discussed. And I think this conversation of ours is going to help a couple of people understand, uh, you know, a little more from your expertise. And thank you so much for being here at the ISB studios. Always a pleasure. Thank you.